Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Joshua chapter 1 is where we were, so be sure and listen to session 1 if, if you have that opportunity this week. Father, we ask you for the mighty anointing of your Holy Spirit on your Word. We thank you that your Word is full of life and power. We pray you would open our hearts to receive it today in Jesus' name. And all the people said. Amen. And the background of this was God had led the children of Israel through slavery in Egypt, showed great and mighty miracles got them on the verge of the promised land. And because of the unbelief of leadership, how many of you know leadership does not control you, but it does affect you? Um, Ten out of the twelve leaders brought back a, 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 we can't do this, we can't have this, when it was clear all the way from Abraham that God had promised them the land of Canaan, the land of promise. Only two stood up and said we should by all means get this because our God has promised it and He's well able. That is in Numbers chapter 14 and the Bible says that Joshua, the leader of the army, and uh, Caleb were the only two who stood up in faith and consequently were the only two of that generation that got to see the promised land. How many of you know that just because God is sovereign and almighty, the promises of God are sometimes conditional. Conditional on our willingness to believe and obey them. It is a partnership. <clears throat> God is well able to fulfill His promise, but He has made it to where it's a partnership. He loves us and He wants us to join in it. To believe that God is going to do everything and we don't have a part to play borders on fatalism as opposed to sovereignty. Did you hear that? We are to walk in faith and in obedience. But over time, this mighty man of God, Moses, was and is a mighty a champion of the people of Israel. It came to pass at 120 years old that his assignment was done. And the Bible says that at 120, God led him to Mount Nebo up in the wilderness there on the verge of the land of Canaan. And at 120, the Bible says, his eyes were not dim nor his natural vigor diminished. In other words, he didn't succumb, he finished. Would to God that when you exit this life, you will not succumb, you will finish. And once you're finished, it's time to go. But the Lord doesn't want you with a premature exit. 
So let's don't succumb, let's finish. Amen. Amen. Joshua was now left without the leader that he had observed and served for 40 years. Can you imagine the trauma that Joshua must have felt when this incredible man of God was no longer in the picture? So here he was, and most scholars say somewhere between two and a half million people had left Egypt and had survived. There was around two and a half million people who had survived the 40 years in the wilderness and were on the verge of going in to take the land that God had given Abraham and his descendants, his seed. Well, here we go. After the death of Moses, chapter 1, verse 1, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Last week we talked about why Joshua. Here are some reasons why. He had a believing, courageous spirit. And he had a forgiving love. How many of you know that sometimes those who hurt you the most are those closest to you? The Bible says that when Joshua spoke that they ought to go ahead and move on and take the land, his own people rose up against him and said, let's stone him to death. We don't want to listen to him anymore. I want to say again that sometimes those who hurt you the most are those closest to you. And doesn't that make sense? If I'm not close to somebody, they throw all the stones they want, and I've gotten a few of those, but it doesn't hurt that much. Oh, but when it gets in up close and personal, and those who are close to you, and kin to you, and part of your faith family, when they are the inflictors of pain, that's a different story. Moses, uh, Joshua forgave and continued to serve. He had an uncompromising conviction. How many of you know that you don't have to leave who and where you are just because you've got a stand that differs from those that you walk with? He had an uncompromised conviction that God had spoken and he believed it. Let's get on with it. His respect for and submission to God's chosen leadership. The Bible says he was a wise leader. He had favor in the sight of the people. And Deuteronomy 34, 9 tells us why. Deuteronomy 34, 9. I want to read it to you one more time since last week. And it has to do with how he viewed the leadership that God had put in his own life. Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. How many of you know that in the spirit you receive from, from those to whom you submit for leadership? Let me say that again. You, you develop the spiritual DNA, the spiritual genetics of those to whom you continually submit to leadership for. 
you'll find yourself actually hearing and speaking in the same way as those to whom you continually submit yourself in leadership for. It's a, it is a powerful thing. So Joshua was now the leader because he had received the mantle from his spiritual father, his spiritual mentor, his spiritual covering, Moses. But I want you to notice here that there's some things that God says, verse 2. God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Last week we asked ourselves the question, why would God say something that was obvious? If you read the last chapter of, of Deuteronomy, you find out that the people have just gone through 30 days of mourning. Brother Emmanuel gave us a good um, description in his teaching in, in January about the difference between grief and internal, an internal force uh, that is trying to grapple with something that is painful and mourning. It is an external expression of that grief. Thank you, Emmanuel. That 30 days they'd gone through this external grieving about the death of Moses. Why would God say something that seems so ridiculous? Moses, my servant, is dead. Why would God say something like that? Last week we discovered that the main reason he was saying that was so that Joshua would have to come to grips with his own security. If you're really trusting Moses' leadership to get you to take the next right step, that's well and good. His influence, his legacy is very alive and real but you can't go and talk to him personally face to face. Do you know, here's the question that we asked ourselves last week. What is your source of security? Is it a husband? Is it a wife? Is it a family? Is it your boss? Is it the economy? Is it what's in your checkbook? Is it your partnership? Is it your gifting? What is your personal source of of security. What makes you feel comfortable and secure about today and your future? Can I tell you something? God has a way of loving us so much that He's jealous about who or what we set up as our God and sometimes inevitably as you journey with the Lord He is going to remove that false sense of security that you have. And it's no fun. The key is for us to recognize and daily admit that apart from Him, we can do nothing. Amen. We are nothing and we can do nothing and we have nothing that hadn't been given to us by our God. Amen. Without Him, you can't. And without you, on well, many things, He won't. It's partnership. Recognize that God is going to deal with mine and your false sense of security. Notice, next, he says, Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. How many of you know 
that if you keep on pretending that the season you had is the season that you've got, you'll stay stuck in what you had. Oh, for the good old days. Oh, I wish it was like it used to be. That's not going to happen. Change is inevitable. God deals with you in seasons. Seasons change. From the very beginning when He created the natural earth, the Bible lets us know that there are seasons There's winter and summer. There's springtime and harvest. Change is inevitable. But if you keep on thinking and acting like something is never going to change, you're just longing for something that is going to... Life's going to move on and leave you. Wishing and hoping that something was the way that it used to be, is going to keep you from moving on. It'll cause you to stay stuck. God said to Joshua, arise. What does the word arise and go mean? It presupposes that Joshua was what? Sitting or lying still. If God said, get up and go, means that he was, see, there's one that's obeying uh, the word of God right there. (laughs) She's just fine. I love it. And not a problem. <laughs> Can't do that in every church. Believe me, I've served five. That that would have been panic. All right. So, isn't it good to be here? Yes, sir. <laughs> it is good to be here, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus, for this faith family. I love it. Oh, what a blessing this season of my life is. Thank you, Lord. Oh, boy. Well, Arise and go, get out of this place of lethargy, get out of this sedentary life, get your act together, you and all this people. Go to the land which I'm going to give to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I've given you. In other words, you got to do something. It's not just going to automatically poof and there it is, you have got to put your feet where I tell you is the new land that you got to possess. you got to learn to tread on what I've given you. Do you have authority over the evil one? Did Jesus say in, in uh, Matthew 16 that whatever you bind on the earth has been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on the earth has been loosed in heaven? Did he say it or not? So do you have, in Christ can you do all things? In Him are you more than a conqueror through Him who loved you. But you can't just sit there and say, well, I hope that happens. You've got to tread on some things. You've got to tread on your worry and your fear and your anger and your anxiety. You've got to step out and say, I'm not going to continue to be a victim of my own past. I know that I sin, but the blood of Jesus has cleansed me of that sin. And in the presence of God, I'm accepted and I'm beloved and I have His strength. I can do all things. I can, I am who He say it with me. I am who He says I am. I can do what He says I can do. I can have what He says I can have. 
Now you're treading a little bit, see. Now you're treading a little bit on that, oh, I ain't know. Well, I, this economy's going to do us all in. Oh, this leadership's going to kill us all. Well, you know what? We, no, you've got to take who God says you are, what you can do and what you can have, and tread on some things in your own mind. The fear and the worry and the anxiety and the condemnation. Your past has no power over you except what you allow it to have. Thank you, Lord. Arise and go. Tread on the place where I've given you. From this wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, to the east, all the land of the Hittites, in the middle of the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, in the west, the Mediterranean, all that shall be your property. And no man shall be able to stand before you all the day. How many of you know that what God has granted you, if you'll take hold of it and tread on it, nobody will be able to steal that from you? What man, what woman, what, who are you allowing to steal your peace? Who are you allowing to control your emotions? Who are you allowing to cause you to, to go into depression? Who are you allowing to constantly be condemning you? Who is he who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who justifies the word says. Who? No man shall be able to stand before you. And what's the guarantee? Look at this. I, God said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. When you get that bad news about how much money you owe, maybe you need to stop and say what God told Joshua. No man's going to be able to stop you. I will not leave you, and I will not forsake you. Amen. Can I ask you something? What is greater force of opposition than the God who will not leave you nor forsake you? In whom all things are possible. Who spoke the world into being. You think there's some man, somebody... Some word that is able to take you down. The word says, well, it sure feels that way, Pastor. I don't care how it feels. The word says, here's the truth. Be strong and of good courage. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. But see, you've got to decide that because he will not leave you for and forsake, in your darkest moments, ask the Lord to help you remember, as Pastor was preaching early this morning, Ask the Lord to help you remember, my God will never leave me, nor will he ever forsake me. That friend, that lover, that spouse, that business partner, that customer, that client, that... They might leave you, but the one who can get you through anything will never forsake you nor leave you. Amen. Never. Amen. 
and His presence may not be all that you want, but I guarantee you it's all that you need. Nothing can defeat the presence of the Lord. I will not leave you for... In your darkest moments, keep on clinging, bringing to remembrance. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. So therefore, verse 6, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land that I spoke to their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Abrahamic covenant, to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Hmm. You need to insert where it says all the law. The law in that day was the first five books of the Old Testament. So you might as well say, you be careful to do according to all the word which is available to you. Which Moses, and remember, Moses was the human author of the Spirit, first five books called the Law of the Old Testament. Be careful, put, look what he says, be careful to do. Don't just see it, don't just read it, observe to do it. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left. Nowadays you're seeing people even in the body of Christ turning from the right and to the left off the Word of God. We don't get to define or redefine the Word of God. It don't matter what the legislature says. It doesn't matter what the culture says. We don't get to, de- to redefine what God has said and recorded in His Word. We don't get to redefine it. Well, what does that have to do with the issues of this day? Everything. Everything. Thank you, Lord, for your holy and mighty unchanging word that sets forth the standard, and thank you for your mighty and wonderful grace that enables us to walk in obedience and covers our sin. Thank you, Lord. Our weaknesses. Be careful to do, according to all that's written in this word, which I gave to you through Moses, the word of God available to you. Don't turn from it. Don't turn from the right nor to the left. Now look at, verse, look at verse 8. This word of God, this book of the law, this word of God shall not depart from your what? From your what? This word shall not depart from your mouth. How many of you know that's your speaking apparatus? It can get you in trouble, but can, it can also be the vehicle of life through which the Word of God will transform everything. This Look, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18. What you say when it's lined up with what God has said has power and authority 
to change everything. Now let me say that again. What you say lined up with what the Word of God has said has His life and power in it. Jesus said, John 6, 63, The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. My Word, the Word of God, is made up of spirit material. And guess what you are? You are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. So when you take that Word of God and you receive it, that Word of God, the Spirit, that is the, the, the material of the Word of God, and you apply it in your own spirit, man, then you've got something. Jesus said it's life and it's power. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living and active. It is life and power. It's more, it's more powerful than a two-edged sword. And you know what it can do? It can get in there and actually help you know the difference between your spirit and your soul. Woo-wee. No man can separate that, but the Spirit and the Word of God can. What does that mean, Pastor? It means that when I have got something on my mind, which is part of my soul, mind, will, and emotions, when I got something on my mind and it's weighing me down and I'm getting all concerned about it, the Word of God, I can get into that Word of God and the Word of God from my spirit can tell me that's out of bounds. That's out of order. I said, do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Your spirit can tell your soul what the truth is and equip it on how to act. Yeah, your spirit, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, can transform your personality. You can stop walking around like the load of the world is on you. And you can start walking around with the joy of the Lord. Knowing that He has already seen your tomorrows, already gone into your tomorrows, and He has already given you the victory over yesterday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to drag yesterday with you. God will give you the grace to break its power off of you. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's just that it doesn't define you anymore. The word. Speak the word with your outer voice. But look, it goes further. Don't let it, don't don't stop it from coming out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. Day and night. That is, you shall in your inner, in, with your inner mind. It, you got to speak with your outer voice, and you've also got to speak with your inner voice. You have got to meditate in it. That means to wallow around in it. That means to, people have given the illustration of a cow chewing its cud. Swallow it down, bring it back up. Swallow it down, bring it back up. That is, that when you begin to meditate on, what does that word say? When, when in the quietness of your own heart, you begin to meditate on that word and you begin to speak it in your inner man 
as well as speak it outwardly, you've got a powerful force. God says this is what it'll do. Then when you begin to speak it outwardly and you begin to meditate on it inwardly, to do, operate, obey it, what's written in it, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Are you a child of God today? Are you broke? No, you don't have to answer that. Begin to speak what the Word of God says to you. What were these people doing? They had just received that book of the law. And you know what was in that book of the law? In uh, Deuteronomy? If you will obey the Lord your God, you will be the head and not the tail. On top and not underneath. Your enemies will come against you one way and they'll flee from you seven ways. You're blessed coming in and blessed going out. Blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Wait a minute, God, we're out here and we're in the, we got a river separating us from the land and uh, a bunch of us have already died out here. So what do you mean we're the head and not the tail? I told you the truth. Begin to speak that word, meditate on it day and night. You say, Pastor, it can't be that easy. Let me tell you something. Whatever has gotten you down, Now listen to me now. Listen to me. When you really want to move on, when you want to take new ground, when you want, oh, here it is right here. Thank you, Lord. When you want to enter into God's highest and best for you, you're always going to have a Jordan River right in your face. It's inevitable. You want to move on. You want to take new ground. You want God's highest and best. And when you open your eyes, there's the Jordan River. And guess what? Right now when God was speaking this to them, scholars have determined that it was in the spring of the year. How many of you know when it wasn't spring, it was only 100 feet wide? 100 feet wide, 33 and a third yards. Oh, yeah, we can do that. Uh-oh. But in the spring, scholars tell us with all, everything flowing down out of the mountains, when all the rivers and the, and the fertile and the, and the rainy seasons came. Get this. The Jordan could swell to one mile wide. Hold on. You know what I mean? When you really want to take new ground for God, don't you find that sometimes it just seems to get worse and worse? Huh? Yes or no? You're in the springtime of that Jordan when you want to take new ground. You know why? Because God wants to, to prove to you once and for all that you can't, but He can. He wants to prove to you once and for all that He can get you through anything you have to go through. That Jordan cannot stop you if you will keep the word of God in your mouth, meditate on it day and night, be careful to do according to all that's written in it, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. And you say, well, Pastor, if I start believing and speaking like that in the situation that I'm in right now, I, 
people think I'm crazy. Can I tell you something? The fear of what people think is one reason why you can't get through the Jordan anyway. And sometimes it's the people closest to you that'll throw water on your face. You, you got to get to that point to where you, oh my, many, many, many years ago, we were dead broke. We had a sick son. We, 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 man, life was every day just seemed to be something we'll never get past. Many nights I didn't know how we were ever going to get through it. The next day, things didn't change for the better, they'd change for the worse. Mm -hmm. Standing in line with the indigents of Birmingham just to try to keep a utility on. Not knowing, getting up in the morning, how we were going to eat that day. I've been through some stuff, Buzz been through some stuff. Watching my only son take his last breath. Been through some stuff. And I don't know a whole lot about a lot. But I know one thing. There is someone who can get you through anything you have to go through. His grace is bigger than your need every time. There's not a need you can ever have that's bigger than his grace. And that grace will not only forgive you and break the power of the enemy off of you, that grace will sustain you and it will bring you into the land of God's highest and best. So don't just give up and abandon all hope and faith because of where you are now and the fact that it seems to get worse. It's just the spring of the swelling of the Jordan. God will get you through it. Into the land that flows with milk and honey. Into a land where you'll begin to get just a little bit of perspective about some questions that have plagued you. You won't get all the answers this side of heaven, but you'll get enough to give you the grace to keep going. By the, and and here's the thing. Sooner or later, when your faith hits a dead wall, dead wall you're going to have to decide whether or not you're going to trust him who you don't understand. And my word to you today is you can trust him. You can trust him. So you got a Jordan River? Well, you know, what's yours? We've all got them. What's yours? Uh, is, is, what, what's the barrier to God's highest and best? Is it your boss? Is it that job? Is it the economy? Is it your spouse or an ex? Is it your past? What, are all, what is your Jordan River? Do you remember what I just said? All those boss, spouse, ex, children. I, do you, can I tell you something? Those are not your real Jordan River. 
It just looks like it. The real Jordan River is fear. Fear that it's never going to be good again. Fear that your life and its well-being is in the hands of somebody else instead of the Lord. Fear that you may be disabled or even somebody that you love and depend on might become disabled or even pass. The real Jordan River are those hurts that you carry, deep hurts that keep on springing up like a vicious stone bruise when you don't see them coming. Your real Jordan River might be your past and you just keep having the replay, the instant replay of your sin. And it keeps you in a place of condemnation, of beating yourself up. Your real Jordan River might be worried about tomorrow and how will I ever make it. Your real Jordan River might be anger or loneliness. That's your real Jordan River. It's really not flesh and blood. It just looks like it and feels like it. Can I tell you something? You can get through that Jordan River the same way you get through anything. Don't let the Word of God depart from your mouth. Keep Meditate in it day and night. Be careful to observe according to all that's written in it. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. There's no way to go around the Jordan River. They couldn't get around it. <laughs> they had to go through it. Can I tell you something? Your safe arrival on the other side, if you will take the next right step, is not up for grabs. It's already been predetermined by God. You're going to get through it if you'll trust Him. Amen. You can bank on that. Amen. His name's behind it. Amen. His track record is behind it. There is a guaranteed successful result through the confession of the Word of God, through meditation on it, letting it become, it has, it's full of life and power. Amen. And there's one last thing you got to do. Oh, I'm over time. I told you I was going to be shorter, and I, I mean, I... <laughs> We'll, we'll, uh, we'll look at this one <laughs> next week. I'm telling you, Squealy. Th There's one thing that gets overlooked by believers all the time. And that, did you know that God has already chosen some warriors to fight for you? It's right there in that passage. There's some warriors to fight for you that have been through stuff, but they are right now not having to fight, but you are. But I want to tell you something. God got some warriors that are going to come alongside you if you'll believe and trust him for it, and it is going to be one of the keys to your victory. It's in those next few verses, and I'd love to get into them, but I can't. I've got to let you go. But I am going to tell you also next week, you are not going to believe. You would not believe it if Jesus himself appeared 
and said, here's how I'm going to get you through the Jordan. Oh, there's a Jericho over there crossing the Jordan. Oh, yeah. You're not going to believe how I'm going to take care of Jericho for you. You're not going to believe it. God's got somebody's picked out to assist you that you would have never chosen. You already know what I'm talking about. How do I identify them, Lord? That's what I'm going to tell you next week. Let's all stand. Are we learning anything? Moving on. Learning to take the next right Say this with me. Mighty God, I give you thanks. I give you praise. Nothing takes you by surprise. You're more than enough for anything that I have to go through. I want more of your best. I want to possess the land that you have provided for me. In Jesus' name, reveal to me where I'm being held back where my false sense of security is. By your power, by your might, I will confess and I will receive the truth for who I am, what I have, what I can do in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that you want the best for me. Your highest and best is still mine if I believe it. Tread on it. And do those things that are in accordance with your word. Oh, thank you, God, for your mighty and holy word. And I pray your blessing on these, your people. Give us greater revelation of your word. Greater intimacy as we walk with you by your spirit. We ask you for great protection over these, your people. We ask you for your blessing and greater, greater knowledge of you, God. That's what we cry out for, greater knowledge of you. In Jesus' mighty and holy name, and all the people said, go with God, he's going with you. We'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.